0: You are now listening to the Music Matters Media Podcast with your host. What's going on, everyone? This is the Music Matters Media podcast. And on today's episode, we are going to be discussing the weekend's latest album, Dawn FM. And by the time this episode comes out, it will be officially one month since this album has dropped. So we've really taken our time to fully absorb it in full and we're ready. We are ready to discuss
1: not only are we ready but we have a lot to say
0: oh yeah (laughs) there is definitely a lot to go over and to dissect throughout this album so eric let's get right into it
1: listen the first thing i thought of when listening to this album is it is absolutely his biggest departure from you know his early sound uh especially the trilogy you know uh it's kind of almost redundant to say it at this point, but, you know, it's like you and I have said before, anybody looking for even the most remote trace of, you know, any of his uh, early mixtapes is not going to find that, you know, it's this one is very much like it's a nostalgic type of album. It definitely, it almost feels like a lost album. If you think about it because of the heavy eighties synth influence on everything i mean this is absolutely an album that you know had you not known it was by the weekend you would have absolutely thought it was made in the 80s but that's absolutely that absolutely works to his favor here. There's as much nostalgia as there is on this album the weekend certainly knows how to give it a very fresh and modern spin
0: after hours dabbled with 80s influence in sound then This album, Dawn FM, is a full-on immersive experience of the 80s. It's like a time Mm -hmm. machine that The Weeknd Mm -hmm. has sent us uh, back in time. But yet, with his own modern touch, with his lyricism, and also the features on this project, does give it that modern sound. But yeah, I agree with you. It's a very classic-sounding album, minus the guest spots and minus some of the lyricism.
1: Absolutely. And what I love is that he really, you know, in, in terms of just the overall packaging of this album, you know, he, The weekend really took the time to definitely make it feel like uh, an album that, you know, had a bit of the old and a bit of the new. I mean, even with the special edition album cover, it's definitely something taken from the 80s. And the probably coolest thing on here, one of the coolest things is just the presence of this you know radio host throughout it all keeping it all together shout out to Jim Carrey for doing such a phenomenal job
0: so yeah this is loosely a concept album and what The Weeknd is trying to get across throughout this album is the fact that number one you have Jim Carrey, who is hosting he is the DJ of 103.5 Dawn FM hence the album name And the loose concept is based on the listener being in this purgatory, kind of Mm -hmm. like this limbo state between life and death. It's funny that you mentioned, Eric, that this is his furthest departure from the trilogy because when this album was released, what I noticed right away was that it was very divisive among hardcore Weekend fans because you have fans that got into the Weekend... Later on in his catalog, more towards with whether that be Dawn FM, After Hours, Star Boy, Beauty Behind the Madness, so on and so forth. And then you have the hardcore fans that have been with The Weeknd since the beginning and live and die by the trilogy. What I found the most interesting is that The Weeknd came out himself and said, I don't think people realize that we are living through another trilogy as we speak. So, with that being said, you have After Hours, which would be the beginning, then you have Dawn FM in the middle, and then whatever the third installment is to come, it would kind of be cool if it's following this theme of After Hours being, you know, having that reckless time while you're living, and then Dawn FM having this purgatory moment being in that limbo state between life and death. And then it would be cool if the next album could be titled Afterlife or something along those lines. And then that would be a a totally different uh, concept altogether. Partying on the other side (laughs) in the afterlife. So yeah, you know, because The Weeknd fired back and said, we're living through another trilogy as we speak. And just because it might not have the same sound and the same concepts, which to be honest with you, I don't think we'll ever hear that type of sound and get that type of vibe again from the weekend moving forward i just think that the trilogy was written and recorded during a period of his life where he was homeless he was on the streets he was fighting to survive he was passionate about music he was singing about his struggles and uh yeah i just think that that was that capsule of time you know, and, and if you want to go back to that, it's always going to be there in his catalog for his diehard fans and for people to go back and see how it all began and see where it started for the weekend before his career really took off mainstream. But in terms of him trying to replicate that now, I think that wouldn't be authentic. I really don't think that him trying to sing about those same ideas that he was singing back then would be... You know inauthentic now because he's just in a totally different space in his life and i think with each progression of each project that he's released since then it's really shown or it's a really good indication of where he's at in his personal life in his career with family with friends you know relationships hookups so on and so forth yeah so for the hardcore fans complaining about the sound and it not sounding like the trilogy i mean you really had to have seen this coming for a while now because each project as of late has been increasingly more eighties influenced, starting with Starboy in my opinion. It's you know, it showed up there and then with after hours he went further into it and those were his biggest hits from that project, blinding lights, save your tears. So he really leaned into that. In full force for Dawn FM because I truly think he's found his niche within dance music um, synth pop and that 80s throwback retro style sound I think that he's really found his niche in where he thrives with synth pop music and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing if you're a fan of The Weeknd you should be happy that he is just on this upward swing of, you know, hit after hit and all this music that he's been releasing. I mean, After Hours was released back in 2020 and ever since that album dropped, the weekend has been inescapable. I mean, he played the Super Bowl last year, the Super Bowl halftime show, Blinding Lights has still been going strong on the charts, Save Your Tears was another top contender. With Don FM, him leaning into his strong suit, what he's found is a strong suit with this synth-pop and 80s retro sound, I think that strategically, that's a really smart move, you know, kind of embracing what he has been extremely good at. And embracing, because there's been comparisons for a while now of his sound sounding so similar, even on some of these songs, I, I cannot deny, if you close your eyes and you listen to a song like Sacrifice, you can hear Michael Jackson.
1: Absolutely. And just to piggyback off of what you said previously, you know, I, I have to agree. You know If he tried to you know, recapture what, uh, what was there on the trilogy, at least in terms of the lyrics, it wouldn't sound very authentic maybe he could you know try to make compositions similar to what was on the trilogy you know musically speaking maybe he could try to recapture that that spirit and that energy but lyrically you're right he's he's matured he's grown he's moved past that so there's no reason to rehash it this time around
0: yeah he's just not living that truth anymore like he was back when you know he was a starving artist essentially and he was hungry and and what he spoke about on the records was what he was going through in real time and i just don't think i know that people go back and listen to that sound and wish that he can replicate that but i just don't think that will translate as well present day because it just won't be the same because what he's going to be writing about and singing about. Is not going to be the same of what he was going through back in you know two thousand eleven per se
1: exactly, and you know there are a bunch of other artists who think exactly the same way he does, and that's why they either never try to replicate the stuff that you know put them on the map or they just leave it behind altogether. So it's really no surprise if the weekend chooses to never go back to that. But like I said, you know, musically, maybe he can try to, you know, uh, write something that can capture that uh, very dark electronic uh, energy. But lyrically, I think he's best where he's at right now. And I love the way you phrased, uh, you know, how this trilogy might play out, you know, because on after hours, like you said, it was about living recklessly. And right now it's kind of like in the middle. He's kind of like assessing whether living recklessly was worth it or if he should have done things a bit differently. And that you can definitely tell that there is growth, at least lyrically, on this album. A perfect example of that would be on the song, I Heard You're Married, when he says, or when he sings, and I'm way too grown for that deceiving. That kind of lyricism that you hear now an absolute far cry from <laughs> what you've what you've heard on the trilogy and on the albums that follow. Yes, that, you know? I
0: am so unbelievably glad that you pointed that out, Eric, because this record, Dawn FM, as you just stated is a complete 180 in terms of lyricism and what i mean by that is go even going back to after hours when i said that it was the beginning of this new trilogy and it was about living life recklessly i meant the typical weekend style anybody that is a diehard fan of the weekend or even a casual fan at this point if you just take the time to breeze over lyrics you will really see underneath all these fun and dancey upbeat songs that the lyricism is pretty toxic throughout his discography whether that be about infidelity or drugs the list goes on and on about Mm -hmm. the lifestyle Mm -hmm. that he was living
1: yeah and even and even using his fame to take advantage of certain situations you know there's there's a lot of that involved in there as well but the thing The very interesting thing about The Weeknd is that as toxic as his lyrics may be, he's very self-aware of how toxic it is and he'll point that out uh, in his songs from time to time.
0: What I like about this album in comparison to his lyricism in other albums is that he takes a lot more accountability on this record, hence the 180, where previously in his discography, it was more of, I live this kind of lifestyle, You should know what it is. You signed up to get hurt. There's a lot of Mm -hmm. heartbreak Mm -hmm. involved, but there's not a lot of ownership of his end of the bargain of him being the one disposing of people or just using them, getting his way with people and then disposing of them. And that was the reckless life that he was living, whether that be in relationships or his own physical health, mental health. He lived in a very reckless way whereas he's now on this record as you said thinking about the life that he's lived up until this point he's also taking accountability for the things that he has done up until this point and i find that really interesting because he's also very good at pointing the finger of that it's everybody Mm -hmm. else's Mm -hmm. fault Uh, Whether that be women, whether that be drugs, whether that be friends, betrayal. But he's very good at pointing the finger of why everybody else is the problem. And on this record, he takes ownership for a lot of those things. And he's able to reflect and really consider, hey, maybe I'm the one that has stuff that I need to work out. So I really respect that. I respect anybody that can reflect on their life and take accountability for whether they meant to or not the destruction that they've caused.
1: Absolutely. And I'd, I'd say, if there's one thing about the weekend that hasn't changed, you know, for, for all of the stylistic changes he's been through, whether it's musical or lyrical, the one thing that is a constant in the weekend is just that personal darkness that he seems to carry with him throughout every single album. That's definitely still very much present here. Maybe it's not as toxic as we've heard uh, on the trilogy on, and on you know, Beauty Behind the Madness, Starboy, all of that. But there is still that darkness that looms over his music. And I think, if anything, that's the root that really just makes this album a weekend album, even with all the changes.
0: Oh, totally. Yeah, I agree with that. But to counter that, I'd like to think that this album has more of a balance where there are a lot more upbeat lyrics to match it sonically. Because in the past, sonically, it sounds like a very upbeat, dancey song and you'll get lost in just the groove of it and the sound of it that you won't think too much about the lyrics until you really dive deeper and you start reading them and you're like, wow, this is really dark. Here, mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. definitely does still have that same effect, to your point, of what makes this a weekend, you know, that's, that's part of his specialty, that's like his signature sound, I feel like, or the combination, I should say. But I feel like this has more of a balance in terms of there are a lot of lighter moments that we really don't get to see from him that often, that he's a lot more vulnerable in that sense where yes there is still that dark overlaying theme Mm -hmm. while also having lighter moments and uh, having some fun
1: absolutely and i another stylistic change that i've noticed throughout his releases is just him as a singer in general you know uh, this is just my point of view Uh, i don't know if anybody else uh sees it this way but this is just how i have seen it based on You know, my experience listening to his discography on his very earliest releases, especially on, you know, the trilogy, his vocals were just absolutely fierce. I mean, he would just do so many vocal acrobatics and it was just fantastic. But with I feel like with each album that he, you know, releases. He. Kind of suits his vocals, you know just enough to fit the song, yeah, accordingly, of there, yeah, of, there are still moments where of course he'll showcase his vocals, and you know the point is to impress and to blow people away, but I feel like nowadays with uh you know based on who he is as a songwriter, as a musician, I feel like now he you know. Uses his voice to really match the moment depending on what he's singing. It's not so much about You know matching the musical composition with his voice, you know now it's really just You know giving exactly what's needed
0: and how did you feel about the loose concept of? being in purgatory being in this limbo state and having Jim Carrey as the the host and DJ for 103.5 dawn fm because i thought that that was incredible i love the concept behind it i love the idea i love that he chose jim carrey who has the perfect voice for a quote-unquote radio uh disc jockey mm-hmm. i loved mm-hmm. his monologue at the end it was extremely powerful yeah, to end the album that way and yeah, throughout carrie just pretty much guides the listeners in in just in my opinion. it feels like he's guiding the listeners throughout the album to their quote unquote final destination. And so to end the album the way that it did with that powerful monologue, it really made you think. You know, it really makes the listener think.
1: Yeah, you know, uh it's interesting because I would love to I would love to ask the weekend like if Jim Carrey was his first choice or if he had like a bunch of candidates to pick from, because, you know, he really did a phenomenal job picking Jim Carrey as the as the host of this album. You know, he's got the perfect mix of soothing yet energetic and charismatic, you know, yeah. It's, uh, he definitely keeps it very lively, very upbeat, while at the same time making you feel uh, very relaxed and. It's cool because I love that this is the second album that I've heard that uh, uses this idea. The other one being, you know, An Evening with Silk Sonic, the way they used Bootsy Collins. Yeah, the that thing. was
0: also an incredible uh, use of, you know, having somebody kind of guide you throughout the experience of the album. That yeah, was great. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But to answer your question, I personally love when, a, when an album has a concept. I know there are people who are against that and they you know they they don't get it maybe it's too much work to try and piece all of the elements together or maybe they just don't care but i've always loved the idea of concept albums and that all the songs are interconnected by something uh, you know whether it's loose or if it's meant to be a cohesive story and i love that throughout this whole thing that idea of you know just reassessing your your decisions whether you are satisfied with them and whether you can live with the aftermath of those decisions. I, I think that's a really awesome message that, you know, The weekend gave off on this album.
0: And I think what made Dawn FM so powerful is that it is a cohesive concept album, which I also love. I'm a sucker for concept albums just for the fact of the listening experience from beginning to end and having that concept in mind and really just immersing yourself into whatever that concept may be and piecing all the songs together to drive whatever that point is home is extremely cool to me, just being a music nerd. (laughs) But what I think makes this album so powerful is that yes, it does that, but it equally has each song that can stand on their own as individual songs so that the casual listener can grab whatever they want to grab Add it to their playlist and go. And the songs themselves are still super strong and uh, will, I think, do really well over the test of time. No matter what, whether you listen to it as a concept in full, or you just pick your favorites and uh, you know be on your way with that with those. I think that these songs on this project are incredible. I mean, really, for the most part, I think this project is extremely solid for the weekend so yeah I think that this album did a really good job of doing that because when the only issue that I have with concept albums is if the artist or band tends to lean too heavy into the concept so much so that you can't just listen to the songs on their own without listening to the album whether it's because it just doesn't make sense or there's a bunch of interludes and there's no full thoughts. You know, there's a lot that goes into building a concept album. So what I love about this one specifically is that it is loosely based, but it makes sense when you're listening to it front to back and it's a really cool experience for the listener for those who want that. But it's also great for the casual listener who just wants to throw some songs on at a party and uh vibe out to
1: yeah exactly it's it's got a recurring theme but it doesn't have a story which is completely different you know it's not like listening to american idiot for example where right right yeah right where there's all these characters that p- play an essential part of the story and i'm not saying that you can't pick cherry pick songs off of Amer- off of american idiot either of course you can but if you're somebody who cares about the story and are invested in the story you know you're not going to understand it Um, so you know concept albums like that they're definitely an acquired taste there's definitely an audience for them i'm certainly a part of that audience but me too uh but in my opinion if you really want to uh you know appeal to a mass audience then a loose concept album is the way to go because i feel like anybody can get behind a recurring theme on an album you know that's more universal
0: yeah it's really the best of both worlds to do it that way
1: yeah because who hasn't experienced regret right everybody has but you know a more detailed story that's something that you really need to not only invest time in but you have to invest uh, attention span in and you know it's 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 a lot of work it's definitely a commitment to uh to listen to a strong concept album
0: yeah i mean you have tracks on here for example a tale by quincy and every angel is terrifying and phantom regret by jim which we were just talking about that people that are casually listening are not going to bother with these you know they'll listen Mm -hmm. through once Mm -hmm. and then they'll move on and, and take what they want but in terms of diving into the album in full and it being one cohesive thought one cohesive kind of story throughout these tracks are essential and they make a lot of sense and that's Mm -hmm. why dawn fm does so well because you have 16 tracks on here so by throwing you know three quote unquote interlude pieces if you would like to call them that isn't going to destroy the project at large because you have a little something for everybody
1: yeah and speaking of the interludes for a little bit because i i feel like they deserve definitely deserve some love you know jim carrey does a phenomenal job on every single one of them uh the one you know that mentions quincy i love that because i feel like that's a parallel with you know the weekend's own career and his own life where you know. Both him and Quincy have been touched by adversity, by trauma, and them trying to figure out why they are the way they are has been a constant struggle and a constant thing that they've had to grapple with. So I really like that, you know, that interlude addresses, you know, those themes. And of course, you know, Every Angel is Terrifying, which is probably my favorite out of the interludes. I just love that in... It goes, it switches between so many different moods in just such a short time, and I, I really love that because it goes from sounding peaceful, then it goes to sounding terrifying, and then back again, <laughs> and I thought that was, and I thought that was just really awesome.
0: Yeah, and to go back to what you were describing, A Tale by Quincy, I totally agree with you. I couldn't have said it better myself. There is a reason why The weekend put that on here. And I'm so Mm -hmm. glad that he did. I don't think that it should be a track that's overlooked. I know it will be by people that just want to, you know, party or have fun and and throw on the other songs. But I think that everybody should just take the time to listen to that track at least once. Same thing with Phantom Regret by Jim. I mean, I love the way that this album closes and uh, I have a thing with intros. And I have a thing with closers. I like the opening of an album to make a, a big impact. And I also like the end of an album to close yes, on yes, a strong note. Me, too. Yeah, me but... too.
1: Me too. You don't want to be underwhelmed when you get to the end of an album. You know, that's, that's, that's really what it is. You just want to be able to say that the entire body of work, even if you weren't satisfied by every single part of it, you just want to say that it, that it, you know, started strong and it ended strong.
0: Exactly. I don't want to get to the end of an album and be like, that's it. That's how it ended, you know? Exactly.
1: Exactly. And you know, just, just like we don't like that when it comes to watching movies, we definitely don't like that when it comes to uh listening to music, you know?
0: One hundred percent.
1: And just to echo or just to piggyback off of what you said in terms of the tale by Quincy, that's just another sign of weekend taking accountability because in that interlude in that interlude quincy says that you know he treated people horribly and most of the time or at least half the time he was unaware of why he did that and it wasn't until later when he found out that you know the underlying reason why he did that is because there was unaddressed trauma and unaddressed issues that were just pent up And that's another indicator that The weekend is growing because he is caring enough to get to the bottom of his problems.
0: Exactly. He's taking ownership of his actions and he's really trying to get down to the root of why he has acted that way and why he deep down feels the way that he does. And I think it's very powerful and I respect him a lot. For doing that because as I said before taking accountability taking ownership for your actions really owning up to the destruction that you've caused the people that you've hurt along the way throughout your life is not an easy thing to do and it takes a big person to own up to that and to admit that and to apologize but not only apologize but to try to correct that moving forward and that's what I love about this concept of Dawn FM because even though mm-hmm. I had so much fun with After Hours, front to back, he really blew me out of the water with, uh, <laughs> with that album. What I love here, though, is that he's reflecting. And I really Absolutely. appreciate Absolutely. that. I really do. Um, just on a human being personal front, I appreciate that. And throughout the lyricism and the concept throughout here, I appreciate that as well. Sonically, I think it's just, it sounds great and it's really refreshing to finally hear the weekend taking some ownership and, and wanting to reflect on his life and not pointing the finger at everybody else, whether that be women or drugs or mm-hmm. circumstances mm-hmm. or betrayal from friends. And I love that. We love growth here on the show.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, know not to get too deep into it but if you really analyze the content of his discography and the way his fans have reacted to it it very much does feel like real life in terms of when you mature and when you grow older and you want to move away from that yes yes you know think about it when when you're young and in some cases reckless and all you do is you know uh All you want to do is have fun and you want to do it in a very reckless way. Everybody loves you because you're the life of the party. But the minute that that changes and you want to be accountable and you want to live, you know, more responsibly and healthier, those same people that, you know, loved you for your reckless behavior, all of a sudden they're like, you're no fun anymore. What's wrong with you? You know, and I feel like that's kind of represented here a little bit in terms of how the fans have reacted to that. because. The most hardcore fans obviously love, you know, the weekend from the trilogy, who was very much, you know, about that lifestyle, about that toxicity. And, you know, he made them feel certain things. But then when that weekend grew up and turned into this one, the more responsible, mature adult, I feel like that's kind of what they did. They were like, they were turned off by it because that reckless, dangerous weekend that they grew to love wasn't there anymore and so you know it wasn't just the music the change in music that they you know resented it's also just the change in persona
0: yeah the change in attitude yeah
1: exactly and that's very much reflected uh reflective of real life
0: sometimes you outgrow certain people and certain situations and uh you don't want to keep doing the same things that you've been doing that have led you to where you're at and uh yeah, a hundred percent. Agree with you.
1: Exactly, and you know, at, at that point, it's up to the other people to respect your mental health and respect your space. And you know what? If they preferred that version of the weekend, like you said, the trilogy will always be there. The memory of, the memory of who he was will always be there. But you know, everybody has to do what's best for them, and I feel like that's the current plan that the weekend is on, and. I honestly respect him so much for it, and I wish him. I wish him so much success.
0: With that, I also want to make note that he's not trying to erase his past. This is another. Not at at all. Yeah, this is another misconception of you know he's not trying to cover anything up. He's not trying to erase his past. If anything, he's fully embracing everything that has transpired up until this point, and part of his growth is like we said just digging down deeper to why as to why he has acted this way up until this point and moving forward him wanting to change him wanting to evolve both musically and personally i just think it's uh he is dying to evolve and grow both musically and personally in his life and then you have this fan base of his who at this point in time, it's just, it's very divisive. You have people Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. love and respect the trilogy and live and die by the trilogy. And then you have the other half of the fan base who appreciates this new weekend, who are embracing this new weekend in terms of sound and lyricism. And
1: yeah, so. Right. And then there's you and me who can just appreciate all phases of the weekend and still, support everything he does, you know? Yeah. Because, you know, we, we we love everything and we can respect everything that he's ever done. You know, the, week, the trilogy for you and me will always be impressive and it'll always be untouchable no matter what. Yeah, but it'll always time, be up
0: there for sure.
1: Exactly. You know, it doesn't... The trilogy, at least in my opinion, you know, it doesn't take away from his most recent work and it doesn't at all mean that his most recent work is of less quality not at all it's just different it's just a different phase of his life
0: yeah i think each of his projects have a time and place
1: exactly exactly
0: in his life you can personally have your favorites you know and you can rank them Mm -hmm. oh sonically Mm -hmm. i like this one better than that one or that's fine but in terms Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. you know from the beginning up until now it's not like he's ever released a bad project it's really sub- not not right. It's really subjective to okay. What personally do you enjoy in terms of his sound and his lyrics? You're gonna lean one way more than the other. That's fine. But to mm-hmm. to kind of like just write off his new projects. You know, his newer sound, his newer this new era that The Weekend has been bringing forth, just because it's not identical to the trilogy you're really doing yourself a disservice by not at least giving it a chance absolutely real quick before we get into our favorites and least favorite i just want to mention because this is something that cannot be overlooked the transitions from song to song on this record and i really stand by what i'm about to say has to be the most seamless that I've ever experienced listening to a record.
1: Yeah, this is definitely up there with the albums that I've listened to that has that seamless transition. This is all just one big cohesive piece of work, and it's absolutely a masterclass in terms of shifting moods. And it's a masterclass even in song placement. You know, I don't think there's a single song on here that I listened to and said, I wish this song would have been, you know, here instead, or I wish this song would have been earlier on the album. No, every everything fit into place perfectly.
0: For some examples, you have, how do I make you love me, transitioning into take my breath, transitioning into sacrifice. That was crazy, just that listening mm-hmm, experience. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. also another quick example is, is there someone else going into starry eyes? another just seamless transition. I mean, this whole album is extremely cohesive through and Mm -hmm. through, but for some of these songs back-to-back, if you're not consciously looking at, you know, when you're streaming this album, you will really get lost on to what song that you're on and what part of the project that you're on throughout this Mm -hmm. track list because that's how seamless one song leads into another song
1: yeah absolutely and i'm just gonna say this now just because that's how i feel after listening to this album full disclosure it's still too early for me to say this and it might change if we ever were to just do a retrospective of all of his work but for the time being and until that episode comes possibly uh this may just be my favorite project he's done at least out of his later stuff.
0: Wow. Wow, that's a big statement.
1: It is that awesome of an album, that fantastic, and it's so accessible. It's such easy listening.
0: Real quick before we get into our least favorite and our top favorites, do you want to rank as of right now
1: his <laughs>
0: discography?
1: Oh or God. or how I about mean... this?
0: How about this? If you don't want to rank it in its entirety, how about a top 3 from any project it could be the mixtapes it could be the trilogy it could be the ep my dear melancholy it could be full length
1: albums that's the that's the thing though like in my head i've done this now i haven't officially done it because i don't have an official ranking but the way i rank weekends work is that i separate it between the trilogy and you know kissland and beauty behind the madness i separate those and put them in one group And then I separate Starboy, uh, After Hours, and this album, Donna Femme, and then I put that into another group. So my ranking would be split into two different ones because I just feel like there's definitely
0: different vibes for sure.
1: Yeah, there's a huge transition. Uh, in, In my opinion, Kissland and Beauty Behind the Madness, even though they are definitely different from... House of Balloons, Thursday, and Echoes of but Silence, but they're more they in the have... same
0: vein than Starboy yeah, After Hours. Exactly. Dawn of they, yeah, they, I agree. they still
1: have traces of that. So if, if I had to rank them, it would be two different groups of rankings, and uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a lot to get into right now. But <laughs> if I had to give a very quick, I guess, preliminary ranking from his early days, from the trilogy up to Beauty Behind the Madness. Definitely the trilogy. And if I had to pick something from the trilogy, this is tough, but maybe Thursday. Okay. And out of his later stuff from Starboy onward, definitely Donna
0: I think that when people listen to this episode, if they want us to do a separate episode of ranking the weekend's discography, let us know. You got to request it. If you guys request it, if I get enough comments about this responses, we'll do it. We'll do a whole separate episode, and we'll start from the beginning. We'll go throughout mm-hmm. each of one of his projects, and then we'll personally rank them. and Eric won't mm-hmm. cheat. He'll have to rank everything in its entirety.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah. And I if won't you cheat.
0: and if you if you want to force him to do that. You're going to have oh, to Oh really listen really? you're
1: gonna do that? You're
0: gonna have to listen <laughs> to this episode first and foremost and request it. And if I get enough requests, we're doing it. Let's do it.
1: Uh, what would the show be if you didn't put the pressure on me? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Uh ask and you shall receive.
0: There you go. That's the attitude that I love, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Let's move forward to our least favorite. Let's just get that out of the way. And then we can really dive in to our top five favorite tracks off of Dawn FM.
1: All right, let's do it. So starting with the least favorite, the one I picked was Don't Break My Heart.
0: Okay, I can understand why you picked that. Because that was definitely a contender for me in terms of least favorite. It's on the lower end of tracks mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. just because everything is so high in quality you have a yeah, lot it's exactly, a really exactly. solid album so not to say when we say our least favorite we're just saying our personal least favorite in terms of the project but we're not calling the, any songs bad because there is no yeah, bad song off not of this uh record for sure
1: exactly exactly it really just means like it's it's in the title least favorite it's still a favorite it's just not Uh, near the top (laughs) there you go (laughs) uh, but uh but yeah you know i i picked this one because i don't know maybe i feel like the subject matter on this song was covered on the other songs in a much better way i guess and it's like you said in comparison to everything else i mean just so much amazing quality stuff upbeat songs this one kind of felt like it dragged in places a little bit for me It didn't have the same energy as the others. Yeah. So, like I said, it's not a bad song at all. And it's definitely not one that I would skip, but it's also not one that I'm, you know, really dying to go back to play, you know, at least uh, from the very first batch of songs that I would play from this album. So, how about you? You said that this was a contender, but ultimately it's not the one you picked. So, which one did you pick for your least favorite?
0: Okay, so for my least favorite, I picked Every Angel is Terrifying.
1: Okay, okay, I can understand that. That's, I mean, if we were ranking the interludes, this one would be my favorite. But because we're not doing that, um, you know, obviously that's just like in its own category. But uh, okay, why'd you pick this one?
0: Well, I also just want to say, if we were ranking the interludes, I would rank Phantom Regret as my number one. Just wanted to throw that in there. (laughs)
1: Yeah, Yeah, definitely.
0: In terms of Every Angel is Terrifying being my least favorite, it's only because you'll probably get a kick out of this, but this song to me was the ultimate fake out. It had such a build up to be an epic song. And the fact that it completely derailed itself by turning into this commercial break and of course i get it within the concept of the album and it's very clever it's funny it's a parody i understand uh why it's there however no, I, I think I get what you mean the instrumental like sonically it could have been so explosive and it was just leading down a path somewhere that i wish he would have took musically and uh yeah, ran with it yeah
1: yeah yeah i I totally understand what you mean i didn't necessarily see it the way you did like i wasn't underwhelmed or anything because i expected there to be a bunch of changes and stuff like that however in the middle part of the song where it it almost feels like a horror film score in a in a sense you know yeah i i i was at that point like oh my god this is awesome you know what's gonna happen but then when you know it just kind of shifted and it went you know the energy kind of went down again me personally i it didn't really affect me either way because i knew that this wasn't one of those songs that was meant to be taken that seriously yeah of however course. however looking at it from your point of view yeah it would have been nice if there would have been some kind of payoff or some climax it just would have made it all the more interesting
0: i get that once again that it was supposed to be a parody of commercials and radio breaks and don't touch that dial you know we'll be right back Totally understand that, but it just sounded so good before they cut in with all the commercials and yeah, uh, yeah. Went, went with that theme. It, just, it sounded like it had the potential to be a really explosive song, so that's the sole reason why it made my least favorite.
1: Totally valid. Totally valid.
0: Okay, Eric, so here comes the fun part. We are going to go back and forth. From our number five all the way to our number one, our top five favorites. So go ahead, let's kick this thing off. What made your number five?
1: So coming in at number five is Gasoline.
0: Awesome, awesome pick, Eric. I love the way that he sounded on this track. It totally exactly, took me by exactly. surprise.
1: Exactly. You, you, re- you took the words right out of my mouth. You know, this being like, just this being the way like, not, this isn't exactly the way he starts out the album, but it kind of it feels like an extension of that. Just the way his vocals are you know, modulated to a different pitch and just the overall very groovy, danceable tempo of the song, that right there just like marks the stylistic change and it really informs you of what kind of album this is going to be. And that's why I picked this one, because it just does such a great job of kind of shattering whatever expectations you have going into this album and just kind of laying the blueprint for the rest of the songs that followed, you know?
0: I love that, Eric. I love that explanation so much, and I could not agree with you more. The second that I hit play and this song came on, I was completely just... I had to do a double take and be like, wait a minute, am I listening to this album? This is The Weekend," Which was great. I love that this album really kept you on your toes, throughout and it was full of surprises and this was one of the many surprises from Don fm with the pitch shift in his vocals classic sounding retro vibe
1: absolutely absolutely all right so moving it on over to you what made your number five for your top five
0: okay coming in to take my fifth spot is i heard you're married featuring little wayne
1: nice nice very nice and i'm glad that i'm glad that you know uh by default little wayne made it into your top five
0: (laughs) i am too eric i am too listen i love the fact that wayne is featured here on this record i love the way that their voices mesh together i don't think that it detracted from the song i think it definitely added to the song whereas The other track on here with the featured guest, the song Here We Go Again, featuring Tyler, the creator. I am definitely a fan of Tyler, the creator. However, I think that his verse kind of detracted from the song itself because it was very repetitive towards the end, that prenup part. And it was kind of short, but while it was there, it didn't feel like it was necessary. So going back to I Heard You're Married, this to me was a perfect blend It fit, it made sense, it went along with the theme of the song, and uh, yeah, I just think that Wayne really contributed here. He did his thing, and I love the way that they sound together. I hope they collaborate more in the future, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, it definitely sounded like a perfect pairing for this album, so I'm glad that it worked out the way it did.
0: Heading into your fourth pick, Eric, what did you choose for your number four spot?
1: So my number four spot goes to out of time.
0: Awesome. Awesome song. Love that song.
1: Yep. I love this song for two reasons. One, because it's, it's a shining example of what we've spoken about throughout this episode, taking accountability, realizing your mistakes and wanting to make up for them. But also I just love how, how relaxed this song is. I really love that almost sultry, you know, energy that you get from it. You know, despite the very, I guess, painful subject matter, I really love that it's a song you can relax out to, you can mellow out to, but you can also dance to. Such an awesome song. This this one is absolutely one of those irresistible songs that, in my opinion, you know, a, a lot of people are going to be replaying after listening to this album for the first time.
0: I agree. If nothing else, this is going to translate over well for years to come of a song that people play from this album
1: Mm -hmm. all right so moving it back to you what made your number four spot
0: okay so coming in for my fourth spot we have how do i make you love me
1: nice very cool
0: love this song i knew this song was going to make my top five because i instantly connected with it i love it sonically such a blast from the past this sounds like a classic 80s track through and through doesn't it eric
1: it does oh my god what i love about our our picks is that i feel like no matter what songs we pick or where they rank uh (laughs) they're they're songs we both love so it's like any pick here is an awesome one you know yeah
0: it's a (laughs) win-win
1: it really is but yes to your point yes this is Probably one of those songs where, you know, it's one of the most on the nose songs in terms of 80s influence.
0: I can't wait to sing this one at karaoke. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can totally see that.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, that's solely why I just I love the sound of this track and it is so It just makes you want to dance. The second that you put this on, you need to play this song at full volume, whether you're going for a drive or you just want to blast it at a party, or as I said, you want to take it to karaoke, grab that mic and belt it out. This is just one of those tracks. And uh, I love this song. In love with this song. How do I make you love me at my number fourth spot on here?
1: Awesome choice and awesome choice and awesome placement.
0: Thanks, Eric. Thanks. Okay, so here is where we get down to the nitty gritty, our top three. All right, Eric. So what made your third spot on this top five?
1: All right. So for my number three, and this is, I don't know, this may or may not be uh, the only time we overlap, but my number three ended up being I Heard You're Married.
0: Awesome. I'm so glad that this made your top five. And, yeah, I want to hear what you have to say about it. Go ahead.
1: Obviously, I already gave some of my thoughts on the song, and I agree with everything that you had to say about it. But I think what I love so much about the song, aside from how danceable it is and how groovy it is, is the growth that he displays on the song. Like I said, you know, the lyric goes, I'm way too grown for that deceiving. That absolutely shows that The weekend, you know, really wants to just move on with his life he no longer wants to be toxic either to other people or to himself he's just ready to do what is good for him and so i love seeing this i love seeing movement in the right direction and i love seeing that he's you know not going to settle for anything less than what he wants and you know in the context of this song what he wants is you know something good something wholesome something that's his you know he doesn't want to have to you know take it from anyone else he's done with that part of his life so uh, that's my main reason for loving this song and for placing it at number three
0: beautifully said eric well said
1: all right so like you said this is uh, getting into heavier territory so what made your number three spot
0: okay coming in at my third spot on this top five We have, Is There Someone Else?
1: Nice, nice. I was wondering if this one would be in your top five. I'm I'm glad to see I was right.
0: Eric, this one is a banger. I love the lyrics on the song. I love it sonically. I love the pitch shift in the vocals, on the chorus. I mean, this song was an instant, instantaneous one that clicked for me upon first listen, my first run through I made a star next to this one. I made the note that this is definitely going on the top five. And I've sat with this album for a while now. I've played it in full quite a few times since it's been released uh, because I thoroughly enjoy it. I really enjoy Dawn FM as a whole. But this song in particular, this is one that I'm going to be taking with me and also showing people from this project.
1: Very nice. Very nice. Great pick and once again great placement.
0: Okay, Eric, so what made your second spot?
1: So, full disclosure for my number 2 and number 1, these were honestly super easy for me to pick. I feel like with some albums it's very difficult to, you know, pick what your top 2 or top 3 are going to be. With this album it was an absolute no-brainer. And this one was originally going to be my number one Ooh. when I first when I first heard it, but then something else crept in. And I know the feeling took that spot. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, so the song that has the honor of taking my number two spot is Take My Breath.
0: Incredible. Well, Eric, I'm just going to chime in real quick and interject because Take My Breath, the extended version which is on this album took my number two spot as well. So let's- Very nice, yeah, very nice. Yeah, yeah. And no, we did not plan that out.
1: <laughs> no, no. that Talking about music before we record, thats that's the golden rule. That's a big no-no.
0: So now that we got that out of the way, let's talk about our number two, because it made my number two as well, Take My Breath. Now this is the extended version. It came out in 2021. And it was the lead single and the only single off of Don't FM. And it was the radio edited version. And that's what really set the tone for what was to come from the weekend. And that was everywhere on the radio. So it was kind of unavoidable to not or inescapable to not hear this song. But I love the fact that we got this extended version on the album. Let's talk about it. Take my breath
1: wow my god so freaking amazing and maybe this is a strange comparison to some people but i'm only going to say it because i've you know this is just how i personally feel this honestly sounds like a team-up between the weekend and john carpenter i mean just those very creepy yet danceable synths underneath his voice and just brings the song to a whole nother level
0: yeah it those darker so... undertones
1: exactly it's so fantastic it's it's just the perfect mix of the weekend's voice and those amazing scents that really complement the the dark tones of the song it's so good and i love that it's a very up tempo song you know it's it's definitely got a very frenetic energy to it and the subject matter is just as dark i, I love that it's it's so funny because I, I love that in this song he's talking about somebody who still wants him to engage in his old ways and he's putting his foot down and saying no that's not me anymore i don't do that so this is yet another song where he kind of uh, reaffirms his stance on you know leaving what's in the past in the past and just moving towards the future
0: and to be quite honest with you, Eric, if I didn't hear the radio as many times as I did, <laughs> which is an obscene amount of times, this probably would have been my number one. For sure. And this
1: was close to, this was so close to being my number one. That's like how I said,
0: good, though. That's how good exactly. this song is, because no matter how many times I heard it, once I heard this extended version and I heard it within the rest of the album i was like no this song is definitely high up there on my list no matter what because this is just such yeah, a genuinely yeah, yeah. good song such a banger such a fun yeah, song absolutely. and with such dark undertones too it's exactly, it's incredible exactly. this is what the weekend excels at absolutely okay so i need to know what song stole your heart off of don fm and made your number one.
1: All right. The culprit ended up being Sacrifice.
0: <laughs> oh okay, okay. It's funny that you picked Sacrifice as your number one because rumor has it that Sacrifice is going to be the next single off of this record that The weekend chose to kind of display to the public at large what this record has to offer.
1: And how could it not be? I mean one listen to this song and like you said before all i personally could think about was michael jackson all i could think about was
0: of course you know, this has been commented on yeah, oh my so God. many times people have gone through the comparison with the weekend and and the late michael jackson but on this song specifically if you just close your eyes tell me not tell me not
1: exactly it's it's this is this might be another bold comparison that I'm making, but this is this is thriller era Michael Jackson. Yes. It, it reminds me of it. Reminds me of Rock with You. You know that kind yes. of just feel good, danceable. Just his vocals are just so immaculate. They're so good. Never mind that they sound at at times almost identical to Michael's voice. They're just so amazing, regardless of whether they sound like Michael or not. The vocals, the harmonies, it's all just so well done. This is just the perfect song, in my opinion, off of Don FM. It's that song that, you know, you can take that song and listen to it as many times as you want, and it'll still sound as amazing as the first time you've heard it. In terms of, you know, really coming close to him within his own work, this is probably the closest because it just captures everything that was so awesome about Michael Jackson in the 80s, certainly from the Thriller era. Oh, my God. it's I can't say enough about this song. I honestly love this album so much. I love our top five picks. Such an awesome album. And I love that The Weeknd released it this early in 2022.
0: Yeah, it's really setting the bar for... whatever's to come for the rest of this year it's really setting the bar for 2022
1: yeah Yeah, everybody else has got their homework cut out for them really this was such an awesome album to release on the first month of 2022 i mean i I love that honestly you know uh, to be treated to such amazing music this early in the year all right so we've said my number one now to bring this thing home what took your number one spot for Dawn FM?
0: Okay, the song that stole my heart completely off of Dawn FM. And Eric, it turns out that we had more overlap in our top five than you thought. My number one is out of time.
1: I knew it. Based on the <laughs> way you reacted, I had a feeling that out of time was gonna be, you know, somewhere in your uh, in your top three. So good. So
0: good, it is one of the, if not the, best track off of this record. Sonically, lyrically, the growth that's shown, as you stated when you spoke about it earlier, what's not to love from this song? It's pain, it's heartbreak, it's regret, but it's also being accountable, taking ownership, and reflecting and trying to do better moving forward love the growth that is displayed on this song love how it sounds oh my god I am in love with this song and this was the song that I played the most uh aside from take my breath (laughs) because I got an early start with that one off of this record such an incredible song I will definitely be showing all my friends Family, whoever wants to listen, this track. And The weekend just nailed it with Out of Time. So good. So unbelievably
1: good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And honestly, this, this album is so awesome that, you know, I'm, I'm thinking seriously about, you know, doing what you want to do and show my dad because my dad, he's kind of a difficult dude to please in terms of like new music. Like, of course, you'll hear it because he's always got the radio on. But I feel like there's very few stuff out there that can truly take his breath away. But because he's such a huge Michael Jackson fan, I definitely take my breath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was not intentional. That wasn't intentional. I had, I to. That I had to. Had <laughs> <laughs> to. Of course, of course. Uh, but yeah, I definitely feel like this is one of those albums that would that he would absolutely fall in love with for the nostalgia factor because. I mean, anybody who lived through that decade, I'm sure. It's
0: so funny that you say that because you know I'm dying to show my mom this record. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. She oh my God.
0: instilled the 80s. I wasn't even born in the 80s, <laughs> and yet I am so in love with 80s music. And it's all because of her. It's because of my mom. And for as long as I can remember, for any holiday, preparing for it, cooking in the kitchen, cleaning the house, <laughs> blasting oh 80s hits, the greatest hits from the 80s. And uh, yeah, shout out to my mom. Love you, mom. I can't wait to show you this record.
1: I I believe it, man. I'll, I'll never forget when your mom and your cousin were dancing in the dining room one time for New Year's. <laughs> your, your cousin tells your mom, no one was cooler than us in the 80s. <laughs> I believe it.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: And that is a great pick that you that you placed at number one. It really is just such a phenomenal song. I mean, oh my god.
0: They are all such great songs. The Weeknd really set the bar super high already for 2022. This is one of the first albums that was released early this year, January 7th, and he already set the bar for whatever's to come for the rest of the year.
1: Exactly, exactly. So do yourselves a huge favor and go listen to this.
0: All right, Eric. So with all that being said, I think it's only fair that we swing it on over to our listeners and hear what they have to say guys we want to know your thoughts on dawn fm and how it holds up in the weekend's discography for you personally what were some of your favorite tracks what was your least favorite track we want to know it all you guys so make sure you head on over to www.musicmattersmedia.com and let us know over there and don't forget to follow us on social media. We are on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and Facebook at Music Matters Media. And Stay tuned for our next episode.